Hey everyone, my name is Yaro and you're listening to the Embodied Business Podcast. I usually have solo episodes over here for you, but I'm really excited for this episode with the beautiful Victoria Jane. And it's just nice to have an interview to offer this week. Victoria is all about human design, but also really about so many other things that are really dear to me. And at the moment, well, autumn is my favorite season and it always brings this deeper sense of reflection, I think, into my life that I really appreciate. And I'm also um, preparing at the moment for the weekend retreat that's coming up that I'm hosting. And so I'm thinking about my own business journey, what feels true for me this year, what I want to share. And listening back to this interview just now, I'm really thinking about how much it means to really truly know yourself in business. I think building any kind of livelihood means stepping away from the beaten path. And that often means a lot of decision making and a lot of knowing your own inner compass. And I think many of us feel a sense of overwhelm wearing all kinds of different hats. And I think the antidote to that in many ways is really getting to know yourself and your strength and what you need and thinking with clarity and spaciousness about the kind of support structures that you can put in place to be able to navigate all these decisions with kind of grace and clarity. And I think that is um, a big part of what human design has to offer. So I'm really grateful for this conversation and for what Victoria has changed and shared with me and is sharing with you in this way. I really hope you'll get as much out of it as I did and that you will check, check her work out. Um, she's offering a lot. She has a podcast as well and workshops that you can take. And yeah, it's been really eye-opening to me and I'm, I'm curious to see what you think. Um, also, a reminder, as I've already mentioned, my weekend retreat is coming up. It's going to be this uh, Saturday and Sunday, the 10th of and 11th of September. And it's two half days, so it's not totally stuffed, but it's beautifully spacious and full of workshops where I'm sharing things like um, making an ethical marketing plan, building a newsletter list, thinking about the right business model, um, making and staying engaged with long-term visions and then I'll also be a co-working session so that you're not just learning and dreaming but also implementing and staying really grounded in the process. You'll also meet a bunch of like-minded people and we can chat about all the things that came, came up for you which to be honest is my favorite part. I think the conversations that unfold naturally are just so rich and beautiful and I really appreciate the people that come. And it's also a chance to get to know the Livelihood community. Um, that's a year-long program. It's really beautiful. It's all I have ever dreamed of. Um, we have more than 40 live calls together each year. And there's a six-module program that you can work on with your own time. We have a space on Mighty Networks where we talk um, almost every day. And yeah, there's just a lot to support you there. And it opens for enrollment for two weeks uh, from Monday. So the weekend coming up is a chance, like I said, to get to know me, the way I work, as well as the community, and then to decide if you want to join us or not. There's no expectation to join at all. It's not like, you know, one of those workshops where you're promised something free and then you're just being bombarded with emails. I generally want to get to know you and I want you to get a chance to make an informed decision about whether that's right for you or not. And if you're not open to joining anything right now, you're still super welcome to join the weekend. It will be pretty beautiful. I'll link to that in the show notes. And yeah, thank you so much for listening. Bye. 
Hello, everyone. I'm bringing to you something that is a little bit different today. I'm really excited about it. Um, I, you might have heard me waffle about my experience of a really beautiful coaching program that I was in last year, which really helped me to kind of take stock of where I am in my I'm on my journey and learn new skills and meet like-minded people. And one of the coaches in this program was the wonderful Victoria Jang, who's here with me today. And she really specializes in human design. And I want to be totally honest, before this, um, <laughs> this encounter with her, I wasn't really massive on personality tests. But learning a little bit more, I don't even necessarily think of, you know, uh, human design isn't really a, a personality test it's so much richer and deeper than that and I guess that just speaks to how little I knew when I um, first got into it but I think what it means to me now is it's more of a language to think about who I am and describe what does and doesn't work for me and to just learn a little bit more about how I can learn or work with my strength and my energy in a way that feels good and sustainable and creative and playful and so, yeah, Victoria, I'm really grateful that you kind of opened that door for me and got me away from thinking, oh, I'm just not that kind of, you know, mm. <laughs> and I'm really excited to talk to you some more. So thank you so much for being with us today. Oh, well, thank you, Yero. I'm so happy to be here and talking to you. And one of the things you said as you were sharing kind of your your first encounter with human design and then your experience of it so far that I loved was to have the language to talk about what does and doesn't work for you. Because I think that's a struggle that a lot of us, we all have, right? Because it's like, oh, we know this may be one thing about ourselves, but we think we have to show up a certain way or especially in, in business um, as entrepreneurs, it's like everybody's got their template for how things are supposed to work to be successful. And sometimes certain things don't work for us and that's okay. Um, but it can be really hard to, Feel like that's okay if we don't have a reason <laughs> unfortunately and and I think human design can be really helpful to say like hey this is this is just how you work and that's enough of a reason yes absolutely I hadn't articulated it to myself in that way but now that you're saying it that makes total sense and yeah I love that thank you um so one of the first things that I really love asking people on the show is what is your creative nature because that's what the podcast is called but you can really take that in any direction you like. So maybe this is about your daily creative practice at the moment. Maybe that's more about who you are at the core in terms of your creativity or, you know, what matters to you. What comes up when you're hearing that question? I really, first of all, I just want to thank you for the question. I'm really appreciating being asked this because I feel like I'm in a period of of identifying what that is for myself from like a totally blank slate. I, you know, we were, we were talking before uh, we started recording by email. And one of the topics I had mentioned to you about human design was the fact that we are both six two profiles or, you know, we both have a sixth line in our profile. And I know some folks might be new to human design. So I'll just say that there's a part of both, um, both of our designs that speaks to how we go through different life phases. And so I'm currently in this transition where who I was and how I used to work and how I used to create is so not how I do things anymore. And I mean, it's not like just a flip of a switch. It's been over, I don't know, call it the last like five years or so, but 
in the last like maybe two to three months, there's been another layer on sort of this spiral path around my relationship to creation and softening into the periods of not creating and quote, doing nothing um, that are actually so important that that sort of like fallow period for the new seeds of creation to emerge. But it's my own, it's been my own journey and kind of one of the things I think I'm really meant to experiment with and learn over this lifetime of the duality between like pushing and production and rest. And I'm, I don't want to get too philosophical, but suffice it to say right now I'm in this period of, oh, interesting. Like what is my organic cycle of creation look like? So, so yeah, that's what came up for me as you asked that question. Thank you so much. I love that. And I also really relate to the difficulty of accepting fallow periods. I mean, it's just so addictive almost, right? The high of like, I have an idea, I'm going to write it, I'm going to make it happen, and then I'll get the reward. And yeah, it can be really uncomfortable to accept that that's just not sustainable in a way, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it brings me very beautifully to another question I have. And another thing actually that I really relate to. So um, you wrote on your website that you used to work in Silicon Valley, and that you really hit a wall there with your health and what was feeling good for you in your work and I'm just yeah I would just love to hear a little bit more about what that was like and how you navigated that time and I relate to it because I was also well I wasn't working in Silicon Valley but I was working for e-commerce startups in my early 20s in Berlin Mm -hmm. until I had a burnout and I think I was on this completely different trajectory and really was then forced to get to know myself in a different way and find found a new way to be in the world but it took a long time anyway that's not about me I'm just really excited to hear a bit more about your story yeah well thank you for sharing and I think this this very much relates to like I'm like oh of course like you're you're a sixth line as well and um the that period between let's say like very late 20s, early 30s, is that transition from like, oh, I was living one life and now I'm living a totally different life. So I I relate so much as I'm hearing, you know, you say also like you want to hear about my journey because there's probably, even though the the details might look different, the energetic sort of archetype is the same in some ways. So yeah, I, you know, I grew up in a family that was really focused on academics. I have immigrant parents. So there's a lot of like, you got to study really hard, work really hard. Like we made all these sacrifices. You're going to, um, I don't know. And I guess success was, was defined as a lot of the conventional markers of uh, like security and this clear sort of like stability and, you know, financial success. And so that is what I thought I I was supposed to be doing for a long time. And what was confusing to me when I was really in the, just like really playing that game, you know, really in my corporate career, um, like Silicon Valley is such a funny, I mean, I was in San Francisco, living in San Francisco, it's such a funny place because people, it really feels like a bubble sometimes, like the, the intoxication of like, VC funding and money and you know every founder really believes in what they're doing and 
it was just easy for me to get <laughs> caught up in that. And so, and, and at the same time, like I see so much of my journey through the lens of human design now, because when I started having my health issues, um, as I was like overworking, this, it's also when I discovered human design. So it was kind of like human design was this tool that started to lift the veil of me just being so in this sort of reality that I had accepted. But I, so it's kind of like fully immersed in that world, running on like a lot of ego, um, a lot of other people's energy and thinking like, this is what I got to do, right? And then, you know, I, I have a really sensitive nervous system. So like physically there was um, gut stuff that was coming up and adrenal stuff that was coming up. And then it became like, uh, there were just more and more strange things that started to happen in my life. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was like the universe was pushing me out. So there were some weird things that were happening with the company I was working for. And like, they moved offices into this building that um, had like very strange sort of like sound, like noise pollution issues that like ramped my nervous system up even more. And then I got even sicker, um, but it was so hard for me to let go. And so ultimately what, what finally kind of ended up happening was I, I had some people in my life who were close to me and they were like, <laughs> like how you're acting where you go to work for, you know, 50, 60 hours a week. And then you come back on the weekend and just like crash. Like, that's not, that's not normal. Um, and like your health issues are not something to just like cope and deal with. Like, what would it take to be healthy? Right. And so there was kind of a big wake up call moment where I finally took a medical leave. Um, and then in that pause, going back to like these sort of fallow periods, I, finally could get enough rest to see a little more clearly that, oh, I need to, I need to change my path. But that was a really tough pill to swallow because there, I couldn't, I couldn't really imagine what it would be like to, to change everything, you know, and where we are in the world today, I'm sure at this point, like everybody listening has felt their world change completely in some way. Right. Um, but, but this had happened to me pr prior to 2020. And so, yeah, it was, it was scary. And I'm sure, again, so much of your audience can relate when you are creative and you take a risk, right? And looking back, I don't think there was a way that I could have not felt some sort of fear. I mean, just the way that I am. I think there, there probably are some people that maybe aren't as wired to feeling their fear as I am, but... For me, it was like, okay, I'm just really scared and I, but I have to do this because where I'm at right now is too painful to, to continue. So that's a little bit, I don't know if that's where you wanted me to go, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, no, that was really beautiful to hear. And especially the last thing that you just said, I feel this fear, but I, I have to do this because it's too painful not to. Um, I think that's something really so many people have to hear. I, I needed yeah. to hear that right now. So thank you so much. Yeah. I mean, don't you, I, I've thought about this. Like I was, I was like, can it ever not be this way? You know, like I was asking myself, do, am I set up so that it always has to be really painful? And I would, I would like to think not, but I think um, 
to me, it feels like I had to go through some of those experiences. And now I'm at the point where it's like, interesting, okay, I can let things get that painful. Or maybe what I can develop now is the capacity to tolerate more of my fear of the unknown. So it doesn't have to get that painful in the current situation I'm in. And the analogy, I mean, it's, it's like, we're like in the middle of winter right now, so I'm not doing this anymore. But in the summer and fall last year, I was getting into doing cold plunges. And there's this moment like before, before you step into the really cold water where it's like, ooh, this is going to be uncomfortable. Like, am I really going to do it? But then <clears throat> my experience has been like, I do. And it's uncomfortable, but then, but then I feel fine afterward. I feel great afterward, right? And to me, that's been a really good practice around like shifting the, um, where my energy goes. Like, is it stuck in the, okay, I have to be here and be uncomfortable or can I move it into the, all right, I'm going to take action before it gets really uncomfortable. And maybe it's uncomfortable when I take the action, but it's just a different way of being. So I don't know if any of that resonates with you, but that's what I'm playing with right now. Yeah, absolutely. I think that is such an important question. And I've asked myself the same, like, could I, could I have made these bigger leaps in my life? Or did more, you know, the deeper transformations, would they have happened without some level of pain or fear? And I definitely had moments where a good change has out of come out of real difficulty. And I, you know, look back at kind of the end of that cycle thinking, gosh, that really could have been easier or like, couldn't I have grown in that way without the pain in the first place? And I really don't know sometimes, like, but I really do hear and love what you're saying about, you know, maybe building up our tolerance. And I, I'm a wild swimmer too. I really love cold swimming so much and yeah. it gets freezing cold here in Scotland. And I, I swim through winter um, oh. this year, sadly, because I had an accident last year, but usually I do. And um yeah I know exactly what you mean this real fear of like standing at the edge of the water and be like am I really going to do this <laughs> yes. it is going to be so painful and it is risky as well you know you really have to be so incredibly present to really know what's happening in your body and when it's been enough because going too deep or just staying a little bit mm. you know just in a few minutes too long can kill you and and that's yeah, it's it's mm -hmm. a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, or it's too cold, and then you're like, oh, I I can't swim. Like I'm gonna drown, right? So yeah. so definitely don't want to go too far no. either. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah. Um, gosh, so that's that's been beautiful. Thank you. Um, so you told us a bit more about kind of how you got to know yourself in that really stressful and fast-paced environment, and I wonder what happens next. So. And, and maybe also how that relates to who you are in the human design world. Like how, how did you find human design and how did that at the time help you navigate the transition from being in that world to doing your own thing? Mm. Well, so I discovered human design right around when my health issues started happening um, at work. And, and when my health issues started happening, that was, I didn't connect it to the fact that I was like, stressed out and working too much because I didn't know I mean so I'm a projector in human design and as we well I don't know if your audience knows you're a generator um and so within human design you know there's there's a lot of different detailed pieces of each person's design but at the highest level there are 
five different types. And so some people have consistent access to their life force energy. So like Euro, you're someone who, when you're doing something creative and you love it, like you could keep doing it all day, right? And it's like fun for you. And it, it doesn't necessarily have to tax you the same way yeah, it does yeah. for, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yep, yep, you know that. Um, it doesn't have to tax you the same way that it does for, say, a projector, a reflector, or a manifester. And it's not to say that these other three types can't do incredible work and have an amazing impact in the world, but our energy is inconsistent and there's nothing wrong with that, but it means that we function very differently than a lot of the world. So that was a really, that's that in the past was like a huge challenge, lesson, struggle for me. And so when I started learning this about myself, I mean, at first I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense. Like there's another part of being a projector that is, that speaks to like our purpose and, you know, projectors are here to guide. And we also really want to be seen because we, we can see other people and other situations so clearly. And that really spoke to this like core, I don't want to call it a wound, but like this, it just felt so true. I was like, yes, yes. Like I wanted to be seen my whole life and hear all the ways I haven't been seen. Right. So there was a lot there for me to start learning about. And the more I, the more I learned, the more I realized like, wow, I really wish I could be living more like a projector, but my actual life at the time was so far from it. Um, I mean, you know, yes and no. In some ways, like in my work, I was, I was guiding people for sure, but I wasn't guiding with the depth that I wanted to, you know, for example, like I had a team and um, there would be people who would, would sit down for our reviews or one-on-ones and they would ask things like, you know, how do I, how do I get the next promotion or how do I do this part of a project better? And we would talk about the surface level business stuff, but then there'd be the part of me that's like, that would want to know, like, what's your Enneagram? What's your human design? Have you addressed this inner, inner child issue? Like, what are your shadows? You know, all stuff that wasn't really, like, I obviously couldn't do in that, um, in that environment. And I realize this is a very circular answer, but it, it was a, it was like an unfolding. It was just a process that happened really organically where there was like a deep soul part of me that had, I mean, I'll call it like a prayer in my heart of, I just want to live more like a projector because it felt like, and, and this I think infuses a lot of the work I do now it just felt like I, I was looking for a life where I didn't have to have so much resistance because so much of how I lived previously when I hadn't, when I didn't know my design was struggling to keep up with somebody else's template. And once I learned my design, it was like, oh, I can just be me and I can just relax into it. And it's not only okay, but I actually have gifts to offer that are not necessarily you know, what I've seen kind of held up as the standard um, in, in the workplace or in school or whatever it is. And so, you know, there's the sort of like the physical journey that happened with my health and taking leave and eventually through that and having the courage to, to quit and fully leave. Um, but then there was like the inner spiritual journey, which was more around like healing different inner child and shadow type thing, wounds, 
and seeing and, and really getting to the place of believing like, oh, I can be different and that's okay. And I'm going to, I'm going to like bet on myself, which I hadn't really done before. I don't know if I answered your question. <laughs> yeah, you have. And I think I yeah really love what you're saying about betting on yourself. That is so courageous to do. It's not often encouraged. And I think the more we understand ourselves, the easier that is to do, right? Because yeah, it makes sense. I, that you want to live more in this way, that's, that's really aligned. And, and I think when we're in these high stress situations, like you were, and I know I was too, it's really hard sometimes to see. It's so easy to go on working 50, 60 hours a week. And um, I think- Well, we're just too tired, right? Yeah, I think it's I like that simple. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think sometimes people get frustrated or feel stuck or behind because they take these first few steps out of that kind of situation. And it doesn't at all have to be employment or job. It could also be like another pattern of like living or being within your health or, you know, whatever that isn't working for you. But as long as you're so tight in that situation that that is causing your body so much stress, it's really hard to think creatively and see something beyond that. And I think for me, it took so many years of stepping out of it, but not quite knowing what the next thing would be. And that's hard to trust as well. Like I, I was in a pair for many years, for example, in my mid-20s, because I well, you know, for many different reasons. And in some ways I really loved it. I love being around kids, but I think I was just not ready to commit to another path. Path. I really needed some time to just study and experiment and play and do different creative things. And then um, it, within my sudden return, I started this business and, that, and the time was just right. So sure. yeah. <laughs> That's beautiful to hear. And there's actually, okay. So one thing is, and I know in in the in the program we ran together, I didn't get a chance to like always go super deep into everyone's chart. But as you were talking about leaving leaving e-commerce and then doing the au pair thing for a bit before starting your business, you know, there are it sounds to me right now that like you could look back at your journey and be like, yes, everything happened in the timing that it was meant to. Um, and there's a part of your design where you have the gift of really being grounded in your own rhythms and your own timing. So I just hearing that was really beautiful. Um, and then I think the other thing is, you know, I can imagine, and I don't know if this was you at one point, but I can imagine I work with a lot of people where they're in that phase, they're in the like au pair phase and they get really down on themselves because they're like, well, I should know what the next thing is. And we're like, we're always pushing and trying to grasp for that certainty, but as in particular a sixth line you know up until saturn return all we can really do is experiment like our design is not ready to it's not ready to actually shift into the next phase of life yet and there's no bypassing that and so yeah so it just makes a lot of sense to me as i'm hearing you talk about the timing of your journey as well thanks for sharing thank you for saying that and yeah, I think that's totally true. We we put so much pressure on ourselves and our timelines. And I think that doesn't mean that you can't do amazing things in your 20s or that nothing you know, meaningful can happen in that time. But I think the expectation to have it really figured out what the rest of your life is going to look like before you reach your 30s is just in so many cases really, really unhelpful and destructive even. I can't believe how much 
of a hard time I've given myself when actually I could have just leaned back and enjoy the experiences that I had at the time. And um, I'm just grateful for every time that I allowed myself to take a photography class and write a zine and build a website and, you know, just, just being with those experiences and also being young and dramatic and in love and making art about that, <laughs> you know? All the feelings as an emotional authority, yes. yes. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yes. So we touched on these different um, types a little bit and what that can mean to embody them. But for people who really have never come across human design before, I wonder what you wish more people knew about it or what is like a good starting point for people? Well, if someone's brand new, I would say there's only a few things. I mean, only there's a few things to know. And if you know those things and really practice them, you'll naturally live out all of the other parts of your design. So we've talked a little bit about type. It's really great to know what type you are. And then every type has what's called a strategy. So your strategy is the way you can move through the world with the least resistance, find the most flow. So for example, you're a generator and your strategy is to respond to life. Meaning before you decide to take action on something, you tune into your, into your gut, into your body and you sense like, do I have the energy to do this? And if you do, great, green light, go ahead, um, you won't, like, you'll feel flow because you're actually genuinely excited. It's a yes from, from you. And so that life force will be there to support you with whatever the thing is, right? Whatever creation it is. And if it's not, and this is sometimes the trickier part, if there isn't the energy, then it's a no. And often our minds will get in the way because maybe, you know, someone reaches out and is like, hey, let's work on this thing. And your mind's like, oh, they have, five 50 million followers so I should do this but if your gut is like hmm, I'm really I don't feel excited about that project then it's a no right and so it's both simple in terms of you know there's not a ton more to explain there but it can be quote hard in that often um, there is a learning process because so many of us have have made decisions from our mind before so that's an example of strategy and the strategies are different for the other types. Uh, and then the other piece is authority. So authority is what we tune into. You could call it like your inner guidance system, your intuition um, to figure out, well, okay, how do I follow my strategy? So in your case, uh, as an emotional authority, you want to take your time and feel, you know, feel all your feelings until you get to a point where it feels a little bit less emotionally charged and then you can respond. Um, another example would be for myself, like I'm a splenic authority. And so my intuition is more of this like quiet whisper of a knowing. And it's taken some time to actually get to the point where I can really hear it really clearly. Because for a while in the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't know, is that my spleen? Is that not? But it was so helpful, right? Because I really believe that we always know what's best for us if we can get quiet enough to hear our intuition. So human design is super helpful for, for that, right? For anyone who wants to connect to their intuition. And yeah, and so those are kind of the, the what I think of as like the tripod, your type strategy and authority. And then from there, 
it becomes really simple to know, well, this works for my energy or it doesn't, this works for me in terms of what's exciting or not. Um, and, and yeah. And so I know I've said a lot here. There are five different types, several different authorities, seven ish plus. Um, so if people want to learn more, I have workshop uh, videos on my website that people can go to where I'm talking for like anywhere between like 20 to 30 minutes on each of these topics. Um, and that could, that could be a good place to start. So I'll share that with you all. And, and maybe I'll share a code as well for, for your listeners to get a little discount. Oh, thank you. Yes, I will absolutely link that in the show notes. Thank you. Um, so if people are going online and they're excited and trying to find out what their type is, is there something they should avoid? I don't know what I'm asking mm. exactly, but I guess it's just an exciting step, right? To find out more yeah. about the type and how that fits. Totally. Um, so, so yes, there are a couple like caveats that I'll give. One is, you know, sometimes people will put in their, so you, there's multiple sites you can get your human design chart for free and I can, we can link like a place to go to um, in the notes as well. And you'll need to know your birth time. Um, if you don't know your birth time, it's helpful to know the exact birth time. I always like to encourage people to like talk to the hospital, talk to your parents, um, because your design can change from minute to minute. Um, if, if you really can't find it, then you can work with a reader and we can kind of look at, okay, how much, how much does it change and that sort of thing? Because usually um, in most cases, I can still help people out and get like some of the more important parts of your design, but things to watch out for. So one, um, people sometimes will feel overwhelmed. Like that's a common <laughs> reaction. It's like, oh, I pull this thing up and there's all these words and I don't know what they mean. And so I would say you don't have to know all of it at once. Again, just type strategy and authority is so helpful, but even just that. Um, and then the other thing to watch out for is I think like you can take what works for you and then leave what doesn't because the traditional human design language can sometimes sometimes people will for example google like what does a gate mean what does um, just one specific part of their chart mean and the language doesn't resonate because it's a little bit esoteric and and of course that's okay that's like totally a valid response as well but I would, I talk to a lot of people who are like, yeah, I found human design and then I like was turned off by XYZ thing. Um, and then I just didn't touch it for a few years, but, but now I'm back, you know? So just knowing that, you know, it's okay. If something doesn't resonate with you, you don't have to, uh, you don't have to take it in if it doesn't work for you. Yeah, that's a really good reminder. Thank you. Um... And I think that I really love just how there are so many more voices on the topic now and mm -hmm. everyone kind of brings their own perspective and language to it. And, and I think also sometimes it's really insightful to know what isn't right. So even looking that up with a really open mind and saying, you know, if, if this doesn't feel right for me, then that's really good information too. I think that can be really helpful, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Um, this is going in a slightly different direction, but isn't it all related all the time? Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, I wonder how the pandemic has changed your, your practice and maybe how you're thinking about your life and what's next and 
maybe you want to say something that makes you feel hopeful and what you're wishing for this year as well. Mm. So something that I, well, first of all, I didn't start my business until, until after the, the, like the pandemic got started. Um, so it's hard. I can't compare exactly that way, but what I have noticed is a lot of people over the past couple years have been thinking much more deeply about like what they want their life to mean to them. Um, and so I think that's driven a lot of interest in human design and, and I'll also say like, you know, so there's a part of human design that will speak to kind of like the, the energetic influence on the collective. And there's been a lot of influence around people like pondering, asking why, um, searching for their own inner knowing. So that's just something I've observed that I, that I imagine has played a role um, in what I've seen and, you know, who comes through my, my virtual door. The other thing that's coming to mind is, and this is more recent and also relates to like wish for the wish slash hope for the future is I think as we see increasing tension and, and polarization in the world, and I don't know if you're familiar with um, a man named Charles Eisenstein, he's like a thinker, writer type person. And something he said really struck me, which was in a, in a world where things increasingly don't make sense anymore, you know, when we look to whatever source, it's like one person saying this and someone else is saying that, the only thing we can really, or the thing to come back to, I'm paraphrasing, so I hope <laughs> this is not an exact quote, but what I got from it was, in a world where things increasingly don't make sense, what is most important to come back to is our own inner knowing, what does our body know to be true? Um, what does our intuition know to be true? And to me, that is like the essence of human design because we are all different at the end of the day. And that's a really cliche statement. So it's easy to not grasp the full significance of it, but it's like, you know, I spend all day thinking about just how different each person is and what incredible, unique, beautiful gifts that they have are and, and how much I wish they could be and how much I hope that they can all be expressed and how we all fit together and we offer something different. So my hope is that, you know, whether it's human design or any other tool that resonates with you, that we increasingly turn back to what we, what you, I individually know to be true and and can live and embody our lives from that place. Mm, yes, my whole body was nodding along with this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it is, and it is so much easier said than done. I really hear that too. And it's easy to brush off, you know, this idea that we're all different and that's good to lean intuition, but I'm not tiring of hearing that at all I really mm -hmm. hear that still and yeah that's that's really beautiful thank you um so maybe this is my last question but maybe you also have something else that I haven't touched on yet that you really want to share which I'm also open to but I I would love to segue a little bit more into um people starting their own business and that particular kind of imposter syndrome because I know mm -hmm. A lot of people have started new creative practices in the pandemic or maybe 
have have realized that their work situation isn't sustainable or they just want to try something else and I just feel so much of this sense of possibility and excitement around me how we're really think rethinking the way that we work but then also you know just a, a big need for encouragement and and support and so yeah I wonder if anything comes to mind specifically as human design relates to people starting businesses yeah okay so what I was realizing like on the fly as you were asking that question was actually for myself how because I've definitely felt a lot of imposter syndrome in the past how much of that has organically shifted without me even trying the more that I live my design and I think there's this idea so when I break down this concept of imposter syndrome it's like okay an imposter is somebody who's trying to be something that they're not right and so, or, or like when we're trying to pretend that we're being something. And I think that imposter syndrome can come up a lot when we are trying to hold ourselves to an idea or an expectation of how it's supposed to look. So, you know, maybe somebody has quit their job and they have some time now and they want it, they, their soul most desires to be an artist, but they were never seen as an artist you know maybe they even went to art school but they never actually worked quote in like the job that they thought would make them a real artist so now they're making their paintings or they're sewing their thing and they're like but I'm not a real artist like I don't know right and but but that's coming up because there's this idea of what it's supposed to look like and rather than struggle with the oh, I shouldn't feel this way or what can I do to get myself out of this? The, what I see in my work when I, when I work with clients around their human design is when you can just trust in who you are, and I don't mean that you have to know who you are, um, but when you can trust in the parts of you that are consistently there, that you're here to share, the question of how do I live up to some sort of box or, you know, some mold or how do I fit myself into the artist box or the entrepreneur box or whatever it is like that becomes irrelevant because you're just being you, you're just pulsing out like, you know, uh, like Yero in your case, it's like, you're just creating new things and you're finding direction for what you love and you can um, sense like, what do people really need? Like these are all different things that I see in your design and you just live that all the time, whether it's your business or your art or anything else. And that's enough. So that's kind of what's coming up. I don't know. I do feel like that was a little bit not directly answering your question, but I, that's what was coming to me. No. Yeah. That, that was really great. And thank you for that reflection. I, I really hear that and and again it's something that is it wasn't available to me in the beginning I think as I I was hearing you talk I remember that in the beginning I was really quite attached to being a web designer like that was who I was and I saw or I still see web design as kind of like my getaway car from employment because I really needed an income and I, I didn't have savings to start a business. So I needed to find something that I could teach myself and that I could immediately 
you know, find clients for and make a living off. And and now that I'm approaching my seventh birthday in business, I still love web design and it's still something I can see myself doing in the future, but it's really not who I am. <laughs> and I'm just so grateful to be in this much more playful space where I'm responding to things creatively that are happening in my life. And I think that my practice always reflects what's happening and what I'm learning about myself. And I also don't need these super hard boundaries between work and play anymore. And I think they're very important in the beginning because I needed to get away from hustle culture and I need to learn to say no and rest and have proper time off and stop checking my emails in the evening. But now I'm just like, I know I have this deep chill in my life, you know? So if I do answer an email at the weekend, um, which I don't usually do, but I just can hold that so much more lightly because I also have luxurious Monday mornings in bed when I feel like it or... Um, today I took a daytime art class online and I was really sitting there drawing with other people and feel like that to me really is winning at life that I can on a Wednesday morning just yeah. draw till noon and then make lunch and then we'll see about work <laughs> <laughs> yes you know what I'm hearing as you share all of that is like it sounds like you have so much more trust in yourself at you know that snapshot of you painting and making lunch than the version of you that was like okay I quit my job and I need to be a, a designer and like this is what we're doing um and it's like that imposter syndrome it's it sounds like for you I'm reading between the lines a little bit but the imposter syndrome has naturally faded the more you trust yourself to show up for yourself you know whether that means rest or it means I'm going to create something um yeah yeah yeah, I think as I'm hearing you speak now, I'm like, I, I didn't realize how passionate about self-trust I actually am. Mm -hmm. And I really want to think this year more about how we can support each other in developing self-trust. And I know, I think that's a really big part of what you do and what we all do in some ways, but I want it to be even bigger because it really helps so much, right? Mm, yeah. yeah yeah completely <laughs> yeah. yeah whether it's self-trust because you know I guess human design it's like for the person who's like I don't really I know this is my journey like I don't even really know what part of me to trust and then it's like oh okay here's some gifts here's the here's the way your intuition sounds and then practice this or it's hey there is an artist within you in your case and like yes you can let her out and she can express and give her the space to create something and that is you and you can trust that you know there's so many different ways but it's all you know we're all here having our spiritual experience mm -hmm. yeah oh god yeah <laughs> yes. mm. um I want to say also as we're talking about time and experience that we're recording this in January 2022 I know that I'm listening back to you know older interviews often and it's always interesting to see what people's were experiences were at certain points in time I think especially right now but anyway um yeah I wonder if there's anything left that you really want people to hear or that you want to say and express well thank you so much for having me on it's been I feel when I talk to you it feels very cozy so I'm appreciating that and if there's anyone who's listening who's like, yeah, I'd love to know more about my design, um, you know, there's lots of ways to, for us to, for me to support you to get um, some guidance on how to follow it. So 
you can check out offerings on my website with those video workshops. Um, or if you want to learn just more about yourself specifically, we can do a reading and I also do coaching. And then the last thing I'll say that I'm excited about is I've alluded to this like six line journey a few different times and I will be opening up a group program for anybody who's a six line profile, which I know some folks might have to learn what that is. But, you know, if you get to that point and you are like, wow, my Saturn return is so intense or I'm in my my early 30s and I feel like I'm still trying to figure out like what is this new version of me um, that's going to be a I imagine I'm imagining the space is like all these dusty weary travelers coming into like a, a tent in the desert and we're like drinking our mint tea like that's kind of the vibe so um, <laughs> so you can um, I don't know when this will come out so the best way if you're interested in that is probably just to, to email or dm me um, and all that info is on the website too. So mm-hmm. that's what's up. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Firstly, thank you so much for saying that. I feel really cozy talking to you too. And I could talk to you forever. And I hope we'll speak again. I really like doing second interviews with people. I think there's always more to ask and to trace through time. And mm. um, these offerings sound really beautiful. I'm going to link to that in the show notes. And I also really love your description of like, yeah, I feel like for me, I'm 36 now. And before the pandemic hit, I had this little window of like my Saturn return, like dust settling basically. <laughs> and then the pandemic hit, which feels like a Saturn return itself as well. It like has a different, a similar kind of energy, yeah. doesn't it, in a way? But yes, it's a collective Saturn return. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Totally. Uh, yeah. But it's nice to have gone through our own prior, I think. That's, that's yeah. at least the way it's felt for me of like, oh, I can see the intensity that's happening. And I also yeah. know that I've survived it. <laughs> yes, yeah, I'm really grateful for that too. And I really feel, gosh, I really feel for people just leaving school now, just getting to know themselves in their 20s. That is such a hard time to do that. And the other day, I'm not going to go down this rabbit hole. But I was just thinking, gosh, four-year-olds probably don't have conscious memories from before the pandemic. That is so sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, this is like a whole, we could have a whole another conversation about this. <laughs> right? Yeah, it's such a different world. Now, maybe just sending a little blessings to all the four-year-olds out there. I promise the future is bright. I can't really promise exactly what that will look like, but I remember the before times and touching people was beautiful. <laughs> mm. Thank you so much, Victoria. It was really, really great to talk to you. Thanks so much, Yara.